Welcome to episode 17 of the Lonely Fan Sports Show. I am Josh Anderson. In this episode, we will cover the 8th round of 17 of the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series. But before we get to that, I forgot to cover something last week. And it's something last week I kind of... It was getting close to an hour, and honestly, it realistically went way past my head. But I need to talk about the broadcast, and it's really, really bugging me. And I know a lot of people wanted to defend the broadcast. And this is not necessarily going to be like a Ricky Carmichael bashing, because Ricky has gotten better from the first year. I mean, this is year three, so... Obviously, he's going to get better. So, But with that said, the coverage has been dreadful every single year. Ralph was ter- getting worse. I mean, I watch the... Sometimes, I haven't lately, but sometimes if I'm really, really bored because I'm a Dungey fan, I'm kind of a corny, corny person. I'll watch when Dungey's winning and... Ralph and Emming actually were good in 2011, or 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. And then after that, 2015, it really starts going downhill. And I, I, don't, I don't know if they're just not putting much effort into it. And when you look at the coverage, the coverage within itself realistically starts going downhill. And you can look at the bunching technique in 2017. Mathis and Jason Thomas have a wonderful, wonderful podcast in Vegas about that. How they don't even they don't even acknowledge that what Tomac is even doing in that race. So, but when we look at the broadcast coverage now, they're they're missing things. They don't even talk about privateers in the middle of the race. They're missing passes all the time. It's just extremely hard to watch. And then when you're watching the, they always say commercial free on the Peacock app. And it's like, there's no benefit on getting the Peacock Peacock app for the night show. There's no benefit to that because all you're watching is a single screenshot of them. It, it depends on the camera angle. Maybe you're getting them maintenancing the track or you're getting them lining them at the gate. And so you would pretty much rather just watch, if they're live on TV at the time, you'd rather just watch the network and you would watch the terrible commercials. So you could maybe get a countdown clock on there. Other than that, I don't know. My biggest beef is they realistically need to get Jason Wygant in this broadcast because he already does the outdoors and he's the best play-by-play guy for the... He already knows what he's doing. When you listen to the Racer X Review Pod, he knows all the ins and outs of all the riders, all the privateers. And when he does, he is the most knowledgeable. He can work with anybody you need to. And he jokes that he he wants to make all the money he can. But um, he is the guy. I don't know. It doesn't seem to be NBC Sports outside of the the Lee Diffie thing. uh, Because Lee Diffie does some of the races. You could tell that 
NBC influences that decision, but uh, it doesn't seem to be NBC Sports. It seems to be maybe somebody at Feld that doesn't want Wygant. Maybe that's because of the MB MX Sports, something in that realm. But other than that, I, I think Feld just Feld just really realistically just take the L there and just take Wygant. He's the best guy. Get him in there. And that would realistically clean up a lot of the problems. He would basically be able to articulate the races more efficiently. And when you get to the LCQ, he would be able to at least communicate some of the smaller guys because Ricky, Ricky doesn't, I don't think he really cares about a lot of the smaller guys because I know a lot of the casual fans and I may care about the larger guys, but fantasy is growing. So when you have something as large as Pulp MX Fantasy, a lot of people are going to know the smaller guys. So you're going to want a little bit more detail into the smaller guys, which I understand the broadcast, you might not necessarily get a lot of time to cover them, but at least, at least know something about them. And that's something about where, where when you're getting a Jet Lawrence, where you're giving him an interview for a fifth place or a LCQ win, and I'm like, what are you guys doing? You wouldn't give anyone else this opportunity. And I heard another podcast basically be like, well, you know, you want to grow this fan base. I mean, he he's he's a good looking dude. He can communicate effectively. There's nobody else can do that. That's awesome, but how do you know that? I mean, look at A Ray, look at Kate Clayson, look at all um, Kyle Chisholm. All these other guys can speak well. All these other guys can uh, have won LCQ races this season or have darn near have won them. They can speak eloquently. Ugh, sorry, they can speak pretty well for themselves. Give them an opportunity to speak. Other than that. For the Peacock app, do something for the people that actually paid the money for the coverage because a lot of people just pay. I mean, a lot of people pay for Peacock for Supercross only. They don't care about the office. They're all they're doing is paying for Supercross, which for motocross, it's you get more money's worth for motocross anyway because you get uh, two practices and they're actually covering the guys, which. Honestly, Callum Brower, I just uh, I'm a little behind on the other motocross podcasts, but he was complaining about the coverages in the for the practicing where they would just keep going at guys that are rolling around. But my other issues with, with race day live coverage is they would now this season they are covering the 450B classes, which is fine, which they always should have been. But before, what they would do specifically is just they would always go to commercial break at inopportune times, which is infuriating, or they would just start doing interviews in the middle of practice. And it's like, I'm here to watch practice, not to watch an interview of Marvin Muskan or Cooper Webb. That's awesome that you're getting these interviews. But I'm here to watch practice. And in most cases, you have four to five hours of coverage. You can pencil these in at any time. Or you know what? Get a picture in picture in these broadcast windows for Race Day Live or some other time. So 
That's my, I mean, on the top of my head, because like I said, I wasn't going to start this off with this uh, my broadcasting complaint. But other than that, I, I think these are correctable issues in, in the main broadcast. But until they do this, it, it's just becoming inferior. Oh, the other thing is, who is this random guy? I can't remember his name on top of my head. I, I think he just helps out for NBC. He does stuff for NASCAR. But I'm like... Who is this random guy? He's asking random goggle questions. And I'm like, why is he taking Daniel Blair's spot or um, anybody else's spot? Like, nobody really cares. It, it, who cares about, why are we asking goggle questions? It's And, and you've heard on Mathis's show, it's like they want to get the casual fans. No, treat the sport very knowledgeable. People will catch on. People are not dumb. If you treat the sport as, I mean, if if you want to treat maybe Race Day Live as a, I mean, if you want to encourage people to learn a sport, that's why you have programs like Race Day Live. You want a professional sport, then have a professional sport in terms of the race coverage. Because people, I mean, I don't see this stuff as in NHRA. I don't have this. When I watch NHRA, I don't feel like I'm being talked down to like a dumbass. Or even, even uh, I mean, I don't watch NASCAR that often. But when I did watch NASCAR, I don't feel like I'm being talked down to. But when I watch Supercross, I just honestly, I just feel dumber every single time I watch it. Either way, it's very correctable things in the broadcast. I really hope they do in the future, but for the love of God, get get it fixed, please. Uh, overall, uh, I did not watch the race live. I actually uh, went down to the cities. I'm, right now I'm in northern Minnesota, which we call the city, so I went about two hours south to uh, a little bit south of Minneapolis, went a little fun with the wife. So, uh, with that said, um, watched the race back on Monday. So, watched a Cooper Webb victory. Uh, two race wins in a row, w- w- which will knock the points lead down to six points. And if I'm Roxon, I start start to worry. I I mean, I understand the what I, I think Carmichael calls it the Webb wagon. But when he started to knock off wins and to win the 2019 championship, this was a concern for the field. And if Webb getting good, I didn't realistically. That's how he kind of won the 2019 championship was getting good starts. And Roxon not getting good starts is what hurt him in his championship run. Now, hopefully, that if for Roxon fans that doesn't happen. But we'll have to see in the future races. But so far, Roxon still has a six-point lead. Uh, Webb looked extremely good. His lap times were wonderful, and he made moves early in the races to get the lead. He led for 15 laps, and he didn't look back. He looked solid in qualifying and everything. Didn't have the greatest of heat races. He did go down. But uh, overall, if he is looking good in the main event, that's all that's important for him. Marvin Muscan got second. That's the uh, best result for him, and that's for he's had all year. He's had an extremely rough year all year long. This will move him up to fifth in points. 
I, I don't know what to think of Marvin the rest of the year. If this is a springboard for him, I, I think if he's able to get starts at this point, his lap times are good enough to beat Tomac because uh, Tomac, we'll get to him in a little bit, is not running that well. But uh, Marvin did pass Barsha, which has proven to be tough for Eli. But if Marvin, it's I think for Marvin, it's it's all about going to be his starts. And Marvin has proven to be a good starter most of his career. Now, I don't know if it's because of the air shock or not. I, I don't know. That's a question for a different type of a uh, analyst. But for Marvin... His starts need to be better. So far in the uh, season, his average start is 6.5. And that is not going to... Wait a minute, Marvin Muscan. Oh, I'm sorry. I lied. His average start is 9.9. And for a potential championship runner, front runner, that's not going to get it done. And that's after this second place finish, he is now fifth in points. And that's great for him but he's uh, 47 points down in the championship. So we'll have to see what... I honestly don't know what the future holds for him. He's uh, over 30, so if if KTM re-signs him, I, it's going to be interesting to see if they do. It's, his salary might come down a bit, but uh, he might. It, it'd be interesting to see if he wants to go back to the GPs, but he's lived in America now for so long. We'll have to see if he wants to do another contract. Uh, Justin Barsha, uh, proven to be not injured. Uh, had a rough heat race, but still made it in. Uh, good for him on finishing third. Uh, Marvin did pass him, but he was able to hold on for third. He had a, he held off Tomac for most of the main event. Uh, he For this season alone, he has proven that uh, he... He's able to hold off Tomac. That's something that he has been unable to do as a pro. Even in the 250 days, uh, he hasn't been able to hold off Tomac. So it's something on this new bike that on the gas gas that has been extremely good for Barsha. Uh, he was also able to hold off Roxon when Roxon was able to get by Tomac. So good for Barsha. He is fourth in points. But he is also almost 50 points back of Roxon. That uh, going down by Freezy is what really hurt him in points. So he's going to have to start beating Webb and Roxon if Barsha wants any chance for the championship. And so far he has basically, you know, he has started multiple races probably second or third behind one of the two, but he's been unable to beat them consistently, and that's what's hurt him. Ken Roxon got fourth. Uh, he had a terrible start. He started 12th off the, off the gate. Uh, he's going to have to get better starts than that if he wants to beat Cooper Webb. Now he is, after the week off, he is going to go to Daytona. That's one of the main races that he has yet to win. Uh, honestly, out of his career, I think he's only one race there in 2014, 2016, and 2019, and 2020. I think that's about, honestly, those he, he missed uh, 15, and obviously he missed 17 and 18. So 
this is going to be a victory that he's going to be looking for, and I think he extremely needs it after Webb winning two races. He's still going to hold the red plate. Hopefully the points that he lost for the Dean Wilson situation and the Red Cross, red cross flag doesn't come back to harm him, but you never know. Uh, Jason Anderson, top five, best finish of the season. He was also behind Ken Roxon. He was uh, 13th off the start. But good for him. He uh, Surprising, he was able to pass Tomac on the last second. It was either on the last lap or second last lap. I didn't think that was ever going to happen. But uh, after a terrible start to the season, uh, Anderson has come back to life here. I don't know if he has the chance to win a race, but I think a podium is possible. And that's good for him. I don't know what the future holds for him on the Husky team. But I think the future does hold something for him after this uh, slow start to the season. Sixth place was uh, Eli Tomac. As I said in last week's podcast, I I fully believe that he's done after this season. I think the panic button is completely out for Eli. This is... The closest Tomac that I've ever seen to this is maybe the 2016 Eli Tomac. And maybe, you know, I would, people say maybe the, or maybe the 2019 Eli with the back injury. But even the 2019 Eli was winning races. The 2016 Eli was only won one race, and that was Daytona that year when Dungey won. 10 races, I, I know people are going to say Dungey only won 9. He won 10. The, the Detroit race was a shit show. But either way, uh, Tomac has only won one race, and that was because of a start, and he wasn't even the best guy that race. So when I look at this season, he's this is kind of like 2016, Eli, and it's kind of scaring me. So... I'm in the realm that this is the final season for Eli, and he's going to wrap up his career. I think he's just writing out his contract. It's just going to be interesting to see if he's going to do outdoors or not. I, th- I think he will just because contract. Uh, Malcolm Stewart, seventh. He has proven probably to be the most consistent Yamaha guy. Um, tenth out the start, moved up to seventh. He's proud to be proud of that. Zach Osborne, eighth. Zacco continues to struggle off the start. Started 11th, moved up to 8th. Again, Zach is just stuck in that 7-10 to 10 range no matter what he does. He did finish, obviously. Got a podium earlier, or a couple of races ago. But again, he's just in Supercross. This is where Zacco is going to be unless he gets a start. Plessinger got ninth. Good for him. He's in the top 10. He's doing very much better this season. We'll have to see how he does for motocross, if he's getting this momentum for the rest of the year. Justin Bogle, top 10, his best result for this season. Uh, he's he's had a bad year. Obviously, he started the first round uh, with the DNF, but uh, top 10 is somewhere he needs to be. I've always, I wasn't high on him getting that spot, but if he continues to get top 10s, good for him. Uh, Dylan Ferrandez, 11th. Uh, Dylan's ride is, that 11th is actually better than what people will think. 
Reason being, he actually was behind Tomac, but then he went down. He was in last place, but then he rode up all the way to 11th. So good for him on that ride. Uh, Dean was Dean Wilson 12th. Uh, I'm don't know what happened to Dean. I was kind of I was very disappointed in that heat race, and reason being, he had to go to the LCQ. I think he let Anstey let. I, I think he was too kind to Anstey in the in the heat race. Uh, he he had, he's a better rider than Anstey. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, maybe they're around the same on outdoors, but indoors, Dean's a better rider. So, I, I Dean should have gotten the last transfer spot. Didn't, but he got into the main event through the LCQ and he got twelfth. Good for Dean. Brock Tickle, 13th. Quiet ride, but 7 to 12th is where Brock should be. Uh, Shane McElrath got the final spot in, and 14th. Uh, Shane, for him, get 15th or better. I think that's pretty much where he needs to be for his contract. Same for Vince. Vince Freezy, quiet, very quiet 15th. Joey Savacci, 16th, didn't see much for him. Martin Davalos, uh, 17th, very quietly. Max Anstey in his first race since his injury, 18th. That's all you can ask for. Just get into the main event and then improve from there. Benny Blast, kind of fool's gold for fantasy, 19th. Kyle Chisholm, Chiz is going to Chiz, 20th. And then we get to... Adam Cincerello, he got the whole shot. He was looking good, and then all of a sudden he crashed after he got passed by uh, Cooper Webb, and then he uh, went to the whoop section, lost, tucked it, and then he landed on, uh, basically broke his collarbone, and he is out. Now, because of his under injuries, this is actually probably a good thing for Adam probably you know get some rest because he was already look he has speed he had the starts but i i think for adam i think he needed a rest uh getting that uh wrist and arm fixed he had an arm injury i i truly believe this actually might be something get him healthy get him ready to go for outdoors might be the for him the best case scenario so hopefully uh, he's good to go for outdoors. Uh, Tyler Bowers uh, got last place. For Tyler, he, the one thing I will say about him, uh, he got into it with Eli a little bit, but for Bowers, it's his first main of the year. Didn't race the first few rounds with some budgetary issues for riding. It'll be interesting to see if he... Um, it'll be interesting to see if he... Uh, makes any more uh, races this year. Uh, I don't know what uh, he plans to do, but there is a week off. Points-wise, Ken Roxon's in first. Cooper Webb is in second. Eli Tomac's third. Barsha's fourth. Marvin's in fifth. Malcolm Stewart's in sixth. Osborne's seventh. Cincerello nosedives and points the eighth and he's going to start taking nose dives with that broken collarbone uh aaron plessinger is ninth dylan ferrandis wraps up the top 10 
Uh, Jason Anderson is going to start getting into the top 10 in points now because of the lack of Cincerello. Now, this was the first real race of the 250 West. The 250 East is going to take a break for a good while. Sorry, I'm going to get my computer to load here. So I'm going to load the website. Uh, going into the 250 West, I've uh, you know the 250 East just wasn't a lack of talent. I mean, I actually was pretty much a lack of talent. So when I saw the entry list, 65 riders, I thought that was insane. I felt that some of the riders should have maybe come to the East, and it it couldn't be a money thing or whatever. So it was like, what the heck? So anyway. Uh, we go so we'll do some injury updates here after I go through the uh, uh, here we go all right so the 250 main event uh, Justin Cooper uh, but so Justin Cooper won the main event uh, looked dominant that was the one thing I was fearing it was actually well before that uh, Jeremy Martin well, they had a restart. They had a red flag. Uh, Jeremy Martin um, got, kind of got crampled on by a few different riders. His his shoulder was out. And then also Alex Martin got knocked out. So both Jeremy Martin and Alex Martin were knocked out of the race. Uh, looks like Alex Martin had a concussion. And then Jeremy Martin had to have a shoulder popped back in. So with those two riders out... Uh, the, the field kind of for top tier contenders kind of took a big hit. Uh, for Jeremy, it's going to be interesting to see if his shoulder heals enough in time because he can still be competitive. Alex Martin can be too, but if, if Jeremy Martin's shoulder is not ready to go, I, I, I have a fear that it's – at least he should be ready to go for at least outdoors. But uh, for Justin Cooper, he won the main event. Uh, he should be the best guy to win this championship. Uh, the one aspect that he has over the field are, are his starts. The only the only other starter that can really rival him is uh, Austin Forkner. Forkner is a better starter than him. But outside of that, the one thing Cooper probably does struggle with a little bit is running through the field. But... Outside of that, if Justin Cooper can hit the start every single time, he, he will win the race. Uh, now, last year, he did have a, have issues of crashing, but we'll see what happens this season. But outside of that, he looked dominant, fastest lap times. Even in the heat races, he had a heat race where Jeremy Martin won. Justin Cooper had faster lap times than him, so uh, he looked dominant. Uh, McAdoo was right behind him. McAdoo, Cameron McAdoo looked second. Now, McAdoo during the before the uh, restart was ex right behind Cooper. It would have been interesting to see if he would have been able to hang with him, but uh, with Justin Cooper. But in the restart, McAdoo did not get a good start, so uh, he um, had to make moves. Now a few riders crashed. But McAdoo was able to make moves and uh, finished second. I think McAdoo winning his heat race and moving up to second, he actually was my most impressive rider to me. I, I think 
McAdoo does have the opportunity to win a race. And if Justin Cooper makes any mistakes, I actually think McAdoo does have a chance to win this championship. Did I ever think those words would ever come out of my mouth? No. But that is actually possible. Cameron McAdoo can win this championship. So, uh, third place was Garrett Marchbanks. Uh, now, I'm going to flat out say this. I, I'm not a Marchbanks fan. And based on his interviews and just the way he was writing, I can honestly say that I can understand why uh, Mitch Payton let him go. The, he intentionally took out Hamaker, and I just I'm not a fan of that type of writing. He didn't. He could have passed Steph much cleaner than that, but he intentionally took him out, took out the front tire. There, there was no need for that. Um, good for Seth to rebound and get up to sixth, but uh, Seth did nothing. And that ride was going to be his no matter what. He, he's a rookie. Uh, Marchbanks, you lost the ride because of your basically. It kind of looks like because of your attitude. So grow up. Flat out grow up. So I I just I'm not a fan of March Banks and you can just tell the I mean, look, if 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 I think the AMA should come out with a warning because if he does that again, he probably should be suspended. Because there's no reason to be taking Seth Hamaker out. I, I think that was just not that was immature and it shows why Mitch again, Mitch Payton let you go. Uh Jalik Swole got fourth. Uh, he showed some speed. Uh, last season, he was kind of um, him and uh, a few other of the rookie riders from last season. They, they just didn't show much. He showed me speed, and that's something that I was kind of impressed with. Uh, Hunter Lawrence got fifth, um, his best result of his career. Now, he looked better than last season. So for Hunter Lawrence... Uh, get top fives, maybe a podium. I'm not expecting a win for this year. I, I'm not expecting jet level, but for, I'm Hunter. I'm just do better than Thomas Covington and get to outdoors. That is what I'm expecting for Hunter Lawrence. Uh, Seth Hamaker, good for you on getting sixth. Obviously, going down was not your fault. That was a dumbass move by Garrett Marchbanks. But uh, for Seth, uh, good for you. Um, keep improving. Work on your hole shots and work on your way to get a podium. Uh, Kyle Peters, seventh place. Good for you. Just steady hand. You're just going to keep on what you're going to do. Peters is going to Peters. Uh, Chris Blos, uh, you know, you didn't have a necessarily the greatest start in the world. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah, you, you got a solid start, sixth place. Dropped down to eighth place, but uh, you, you rode pretty well for being the KG veteran that you are Robbie Wageman got ninth uh, good for Wageman Jace Owen the arena cross veteran got 10th um, Nate Thrasher who went down in the heat race he uh, got 11th had to get second in the LCQ now the rider who also impressed me was Cody Shock he uh he actually showed some speed he actually looked a lot better this year compared to last year in the uh in the LCQ race, but he showed me some splash, some speed. I liked it. Uh, Joey Crown got 13th. Yeah, he kind of had a scary moment in the uh, final lap for Justin Cooper. He kind of went down, so luckily he didn't collect um, Justin Cooper. 
Raymond Alves got 14th. Mitchell Harrison had a crash in the main, got 15th. Uh, Dylan, uh, sorry, Dylan. Um, Cedric Subaras got 16th. Him and Dylan, Dylan Schwartz, 17th, had a hell of a battle in the SEQ. Uh, Dylan Schwartz um, went in the inside. Uh, he was like, I didn't think he was going to make the LCQ, but uh, few got, Costello made a mistake. And uh, Subaras and Dylan Swartz were able to go in the inside and both make it in. Way to go for Dylan Swartz. I watched him at the Loretta's live timing and the live stream and wait for him to go from basically getting on a Suzuki at Loretta's to on a Suzuki making the main event. Good for him. Uh, Jarrett Fry got 19th. He got a TV cable stuck on his bike, so some yeah, basically he was screwed after that. Uh, Jordan Smith got 20th. He actually was right behind Justin Cooper early on, but he went down. I don't know if he would have been able to stick with Justin Cooper, but after his crash, his day was done. Looked like he hurt his hip. And then uh, um, Jeremy Martin and Alex Martin didn't uh, come back, so... Uh, the injury report after a hellish race. Adam Cincerello, broken collarbone. So I'm guessing he's going to be out for a few weeks. Based on his other injuries, it's good for him. The seven-deuce-deuce, broken collarbone. He is expected to miss about six weeks. That's a lot of races. I, I, I don't know if he's going to race outdoors this year. But for him, uh, six weeks uh he luckily if he gets it he this week is off so he's, he's gonna miss at least four races because uh, uh daytona and arlington or at least atlanta is at least three races um carson brown i have i had him on my fantasy team he went down in the heat race dislocated elbow so he'll be out for the year sean Cantrell heat race broken collarbone uh i have to believe his season is over uh cheyenne Harmon concussion gonna be we'll see how he does going in i mean a week off should help him alex martin concussion another we gotta see how it's gonna help him and then bob uh jeremy martin it's gonna be we'll just have to see how it's going to be we're going to be Jeremy Martin is not necessarily out of the championship but he's got to go on a win streak and hope that uh, Justin Cooper has some rough races Jerry Robin hurt his shoulder but he has a minor AC joint separation but he can uh, he can um, possibly come back but he's got to like I said it all realistically depends upon this week off because the week off is I mean this is an abnormal schedule for guys because of the uh, week off normally they don't have a week off like this leading to daytona but they do but all right so after this we'll do some football talk um uh it's being reported that the floor for the nfl salary cap is going to be about 180 million it probably will be between 182 million to it may not get up to a hundred and uh, eighty-five million, so we'll see about that. 
Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger's agent says the Steelers want him back. The problem with the Steelers situation there is uh, the cap issues where if he wants to come back, his cap space is like $42 million. And that's just just an outrageous number. So they have to lower it, but they kind of have to extend him. So because all the money that has been paid to him has to come out in the cap. That's why, for example, the um, for the Patriots this season, Tom Brady was still on their cap charge. So we'll have to see if uh, New England or the Steelers are going to be in that same situation later down the road. Uh, <laughs> Andy Reid's face shield is now an artifact at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. If you watch the first game of the season, that was one hell of a, one hell of a thing for Andy Reid. Uh, Tiger Woods today, not football related, but um, <sighs> Tiger Woods was involved in the car accident. Well, um, hopefully he's okay. It was. Uh, it sounds like his legs were going into surgery, so we'll have to see if he's going to. Uh, well, to see if he's going to be okay. Hopefully he is. Uh, I do like watching him play golf. So, we'll have to see. Oh, last thing I forgot to mention about in uh, Supercross is uh, Chase Sexton will be returning in a couple of weeks when they go to uh, Daytona. It's the uh, first week back since that uh, rough injury in uh, Houston. Yeah, he was leading that race before uh, Tomac won his one and only race. So, uh, even though a few racers are going to be out, at least you get one contender back. So that will be it for this episode. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to be reviewing a show next week because uh, there's no Supercross race. So we will be get going on previewing the NHRA season. I need to get going on that. The baseball season is going to get going, so obviously I need to preview the twins because i'm going to be watching the twins this season i hope to be going to at least one game this year uh currently the uh twins are trying to at least get 25 percent of fans per game they have a plan hopefully to get approved to by the minnesota state governor's office there is no reason why the governor should deny this plan but obviously with walls you have no idea what the little well i'll keep my thoughts to myself on that douchebag to myself either way uh thank you and for everyone listening to this uh see y'all